Well, anytime that there's a new like software that comes out, it it like that's always the whole Windows thing, which is, oh, this is just like they're trying to be like Mac. I mean, they've been saying that since like seven. That's true. That's very true. When in reality, Windows is actually wait, was it? No, Windows wasn't the first one, right? It was Apple. I believe. Fuck, Apple. I don't remember. I it, it was it Linux. Was like, it was Linux. Linux oh, was that's Linux. right. No, no, I'm I'm no. fucking with you. I'm just. I think it was some. Up. I think it was some some fucking random thing like that, though. <laughs> it wasn't. It wasn't either of them. The first computer. The first. Well, I mean, besides like ENIAC. Um. Man, this is a real nerdy talk for two dudes who just watched a rom com about porno. Well, we got to balance <laughs> it out. well hello and welcome to bromancing the stone it's the podcast for myself renee sanchez and my good buddy max lion what is up watch Rob Cobbs and then record our thoughts and place them on the internet for the tens and tens of listeners listening pleasure and Max how are you doing tonight I'm fucking amazing I'm exhausted actually like god damn like going out and I think I've said this 20 times now like going out and socializing and doing things again in life and like having to go to work five days a week <laughs> has been like so mentally taxing <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> oh gotta, my god. It, it's like anything else, you gotta get back in shape with it, you know? I you fucking telling me, Jesus. It's like I went out to fucking opening day without ever actually warming up, stretching, going to spring training, literally anything active. Just was like, What's up, guys? 162 games? I got this. Let's roll. I just got out of bed five minutes ago, by the way. Like, <laughs> And that's where I'm at in life right now, where it's like, I'm not ready. I need to stretch. And when you're 17, 18 years old, you can do that. When you're 33, yes. 34 years old, you can't do that. Especially after the pandemic, man. God. Yeah, man. How are you doing? Uh, I am on the other side of a cold. So... That was you scary. Haven't, you haven't even fucking left your apartment. I to don't get the leave cold. my apartment, and I somehow got a horrible cold all of Thanksgiving week. Thank God we recorded the two part hundred episode spectacular uh, before that week, so I, we had the extended break because I was stuffed up a la madre, as we would say in Spanish. Um, that sounds crazy. like it. That sounds like a fantastic Thanksgiving for you. That's yeah. Great. So, like, I was actually supposed to work uh, both Thanksgiving and on the Friday. I worked Thanksgiving Thursday, and then, you know, then I was supposed to work. And I worked from home, luckily, so I was able to work even though I was sick. But you get overtime? On yeah, well, I was supposed to on Thursday and Friday. But on Friday... I actually had to call out sick on the overtime I volunteered for <laughs> because I was so stuffed up that I could not go to sleep. And I was up oh until God. I'm up at four in the morning, not able to breathe through my nose. Just like, well, 
I could like I have to start this overtime at 8 a.m. and I am on zero hours of sleep so I could fall asleep at my desk while I'm trying to work. Or I could just send an email and say, hey, uh, you know, this thing I volunteered for can't do it because <laughs> I can't breathe. Jesus. Uh, and that's what I ended up doing. So because the other thing with colds for some reason and like just the stuffiness aspect for me is that it just it goes along with the circadian rhythm so yeah as i wake like when you wake up and you go through the afternoon that's when like my stuffiness and my sinuses clear up the best yep and that's when i can breathe the best and then as it gets into nighttime and it gets towards then you're fucked then Then it comes right back to stuffiness yeah yep um and then all my family we have horrible sinus history my sisters myself my parents, all of our sinuses are all fucked. So, it's so you you thing. you call into yeah. sick the day after Thanksgiving. Meanwhile, they're like, "Well, we haven't heard that excuse for a hangover before." <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, I mean, you're fucking dying. Like, no, I actually am no, sick. I'm, I'm, I'm really dying, guys. Yeah. <laughs> Luckily, I had spoken to my manager on Wednesday. Like, actually spoke to them via a video conference, so yeah. she heard me. Oh, <laughs> like, okay. oh. Okay, this is like, <laughs> well, you know, let us know if anything happens. So when this is a very out, elaborate premeditated yeah. excuse. Yeah, this, this is elaborately premeditated for you to be hungover as fuck on Friday. Um, this dude is know. prepared. Yeah. Also, welcome to your thirties. That's a that's a thirties move right there. Yeah. Well, I mean, I didn't prepare beforehand like Zach, where he got black friday off because he was prepared to get alcohol poisoning at his 10-year reunion <laughs> in the movie zach and mary make a porno which is what we watched this week for the podcast back to it watching movies and giving our thoughts and opinions upon them uh max had you seen this movie previously I have not. Um, I remember hearing, I feel like I say this literally every time. I remember hearing about it. Um, (laughs) But yeah, long story short, that's exactly what it is. I've never seen it. Yeah, I I remember it was, uh, I feel like it was my buddy Cody. Shout out to Cody Stoudemire. He, uh, he, like, Cody. It was. It came out in 08, and this was a an idea that Kevin Smith, the writer, the writer director for the film, who made like Clerks and Mallrats and Jason. Uh... He's made that whole series. So yeah, he's he you know he's got his cult following and everything. And so you know, as an enjoyer of those previous movies, like um, you know, Cody and I knew of Kevin Smith. And I believe, yeah, so Cody, I remember, sent me, like, uh, an email. I mean, it was probably a text message. Like, yo, check this out. And it was, like, an article online about how a page from the script had been, quote, unquote, leaked out. And Mm -hmm. it was of this uh, Seth Rogen and Elizabeth Banks, Kevin Smith rom-com. And it was just, like, the dialogue of, like, all the crazy dialogue we heard in this film and it was just like a page of it was just put out <laughs> in the world he's like 
dude, this movie sounds amazing already. And it's just a page of the dialogue. So I remember like knowing about it before there was ever like a trailer before anything else like that. And then when it actually came out, um, I did not go see it in theaters. I waited until it came out and like, I think I caught it. I caught it like streaming or like rented, rented it sort of thing um, afterward. Um, I I don't know if I even rented it. I might have bought it sight unseen just on a like that I was going to like it sort of thing. Because sometimes I would do that with DVDs. Um, but you, you saw it back when it came out on DVD. like. But I saw it around when it was out. Yes. Like well, um, 2009 at that point, probably. Yeah. And uh, and that was, you know, that was an interesting time frame, too, because it was on the tail end of the raunchy rom-com um which uh ao scott a critic at the time mentioned like the the dirty mind soft heart at like era of of Mm. rom-com that kind of came out which you know this was on the tail end of the judd apatow movies you got knocked up you got right right 40 year old virgin right um you know those those films uh super bad uh, although that's not necessarily a rom-com, but you know, dirty mind, soft heart sort of thing. Um, but so, you know, it's a, so it's an interesting movie to, to view in that kind of mind frame or like in that, that framed idea of like time frame and everything else like that. Um, and so let's go into some more of the stats of the movie. Uh, and, and talk a little bit more about it. So, uh, Zach and Miri Make a Porno is a 2008 American sex comedy film written, directed, and edited. <laughs> it's literally by... called a sex comedy? Yeah, <laughs> in, in Wikipedia. Um, <laughs> written, directed, and edited by Kevin Smith and starring Seth Rogen and Elizabeth Banks. And it was released on Halloween of 2008. Uh, mm. Interesting data to release it. Yeah, uh, right before the holidays. I uh, guess yeah, that makes sense. It, that part makes it sense. starts. It starts on Thanksgiving, and they talk about work or around Thanksgiving, and talk about working Black Friday. So when they initially filmed the porn scenes, they're filming them in December around like this time of year. Right. So there you go, guys. It, it makes sense for our holiday spectacular this year. Uh, wow. <laughs> uh, the film, of course, stars Seth Rogen and Elizabeth Banks. Craig Robinson uh, is the producer. Jason Mewes, he is uh, Luther, uh, or Lester, excuse me. Lester. Um, there's Tracy Lords, who uh, I forget. Bubbles? That's Bubbles, right? Yes, yeah. that she's she's bubbles, um, and then Jeff Anderson, who is the director, uh, Katie Morgan, who uh, I forget her name in the film, but the, she's the stripper. Yeah, Stacy. Rick- Stacy, there you go, and Ricky Mabe, who is the the other guy. Um, I forget his name. Anyway, Craig Robinson, man, love it. Yeah. Dude. Uh, the film is 102 minutes long. Uh, I think 
it's about right, honestly. You know, I think it, it could be shaved down a little bit, but it's it's they pack a lot in there anyway, so it's not like it's a long hundred and two mm-hmm. minutes. You know, like they cover a lot yeah. of ground. So, yeah. So, how much do you think uh, this film costs to make? Um, I'm thinking probably like 15 since it was probably, I think it was, like you said, it was kind of a cult rom-com, right? Like it wasn't really. Yeah. I mean, they kept it around there. It was 24 million. Okay. Um, You know, getting Seth Rogen like at a a pretty, you know, pop in time for him. It was after knocked up and so on and so forth. So, um, right. You know, yeah. So, twenty-four billion to make. How much did it make in the box office? Hmm. If I'm following an equal logic there with cult following, then I'm gonna say probably like fifty mil. Made forty-two point eight million. Okay. Right. So. So it almost uh, doubled its its. Yeah, a modest success at best. Yeah. Yeah, you know, but um but this was an idea that Kevin Smith had had um you know in his mind uh since the nineties. And he like basically like he had an idea for making a film um initially in the nineties and then making a series that was centered around porn. And then this was kind of his next attempt. Um, And then uh, according to entertainment weekly, the Weinstein company, that reputable company. uh, Oh, now we know why they did this movie. Yeah. uh, With Harvey Weinstein, he greenlit the project based solely on the title. Gee, (laughs) that's, not surprising wow that's it's surprising how unsurprising it actually is like even that seems scripted yes (laughs) um kevin smith originally wrote the film to be set in minnesota where he had previously shot mall rats uh and where he had stated a desire to shoot again however for budgetary reasons smith opted to shoot in pittsburgh and rewrote the script to take place in the suburb of monroeville you hear that? You hear that? Pittsburgh is shittier than filming in Minnesota. That's how low on the totem it is. Well, I mean, Pittsburgh didn't have Prince, so. Damn right. Shittsburg. And there go all of our Western Pennsylvania fans. <laughs> uh, so the female lead role was actually written for Rosario Dawson. Really? But she was unaccept- unable to accept the part. As she had signed on to film the movie Eagle Eye. And, and the shooting schedule was going to conflict. God, even uh, I hated that movie. Um, and it's funny how he wrote it for Rosario Dawson and then ended up, he made Clerks 2, which starred Rosario Dawson. Ah. Uh... After this, so, yeah. Um, well... Uh, and then Smith wrote the role of Zach with Seth Rogen in mind. And it was based on his performance from The 40-Year-Old Virgin. 
and then shooting concluded uh, on March of 2008. So they turned it around and got it out. You know? Wow. And, you know, the editing process took about six months, which is a pretty, you know, sped up time frame there. Yeah. Um, that's a very, you know, we're going to get this. This is on schedule. We're going to get this out on schedule sort of thing. Um, so as far as the uh, reception of the film, you know, the uh, in retrospect, Kevin Smith and the producer Scott Mosier were disappointed by the film's poor box office performance. And according to Smith, you know, this was supposed to be the one that punched us through to the next level. Uh, everyone thought it would do 60 to 70 million and it wound up doing, you know, quote unquote, Kevin Smith business as he speaks <laughs> to the third person. Um, and I was like, I'm done. If I were to write at that point in my life, it would be about the poor fat kid whose movie didn't make enough money. <laughs> and for two months after the film's theatrical release, Smith did not work. He even stayed away from the internet. Wow. Just was like yeah he uh and kevin smith criticized harvey weinstein for not spending enough to market the movie which is an allegation weinstein denied noting that he spent 30 million to marketing the film um huh. and like and then um, <laughs> and then more than two years after the film was released Kevin Smith said, Zack and Mary is literally me adulterating my own story. The story of how I made clerks with porn. (laughs) 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 Did you cover a Rotten Tomatoes score yet? Uh, I have not because we're. I was just about to go into it. I was just oh, reading okay. more just reception facts. Some uh, throwback little tasty tidbits for you from the Wikipedia. Ooh, what have we got? What yeah. have we got? Well, that's that's what I just gave you. Oh, okay, gotcha. That's what we got. It, it was basically tasty tidbits without calling it tasty it tidbits. It was a lot more fluid. I like it. I like it. Yes, uh, but. There are 201 critic reviews for this film. Wow. What is the Rotten Tomato score? Mm, 55. Not too far off. 65%. Hmm. The okay. critics consensus, Zack and Mary Make a Porno is a modest success for Kevin Smith due in large part to the charm of Seth Rogen and Elizabeth Banks. Oh, that's for goddamn r- certain. And uh, we'll, I tripped we'll, over my words just trying to figure out what the hell they yeah. had between We'll get into that. Um, the audience score is 66%. So, yeah. wow. one, of the, one of the few movies in Rotten Tomatoes where the audience yeah. and the critics are kind of agree. They actually agree. Look at that. Look at Zach and Mary bringing the people and the critics together. Yeah. So, uh, as far as some some of the critic reviews, um, 
Christine Champ of Film.com, considered a top critic, gave it a B plus positive review, and wrote, "All in all, it's a modern day Kevin Smith fairy tale. A big screen bearing, perhaps, of his soul at its sincerest and wittiest, if not filthiest." Yeah, it's a solid review. <laughs> I will say it is. there is a vulnerability to this film. Definitely. There's a lot of realism in terms of the dynamic, the relationship dynamics. Yes. Um, Which they even tongue in cheek point out at one point where he's, where Seth Rogen's character is watching Justin Long professes love and then get in a fight with what's his name? Superman. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, Bobby, I think. Bobby, yeah, Bobby, is the character, yeah. 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 And even even Seth Rogen's character, uh, I can't do this the whole podcast. What the hell is Seth Rogen's character? Zach, obviously. Jesus <laughs> Christ, Max. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Anyway. Um, where Zach is standing there watching, oh, shit, this is real. Like, wow. <laughs> <laughs> They're fighting like real people, which is just. <laughs> Wait, yeah, I mean, yeah, the, not, you can not, take that. Like, can yeah, take that, that's. It, 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 like you can take that badly, but also at the same time, you can also, uh, you know, like push it toward. He's talking about actors in L.A. like porn, like porn actors that are just like us, sort of thing. They're um, fighting like real people. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Tom Huddlestone of Time Out, also considered a top critic, gave it a two out of six. Why out of six? I don't know. Um, But uh, considered a bad review. Um, Smith may have pioneered this kind of upfront sex chat, but the Apatow team refined it. Zach and Miri feels uncomfortably like a gruesome game of filth talk one-upmanship, and it's hard to care who comes out on top. Wow. Oh, because of their like one upping each other in terms of the drama at the like dynamic. Well, I think like in comparison to the Apatow films as well, where it's oh. just like the Apatow films were this filthy. Well, I'm going to make a film that's this filthy. You know, that's the kind of vibe that that critic got from it. Um, hmm. the there's another <laughs> one from Sandra Hall, a top critic from the Sydney Morning Herald out in Australia. She gave it a bad review as well, saying there remains some scatological touches that I'm still trying to forget. Uh, it's all done with great glee, yet falls far short of being hilarious. Scatological. <laughs> How about you Google that word? The study of fecal excrement. That was not what I was expecting to read. Yeah. So she's basically saying she doesn't want to remember the scene where the where Stacy was constipated. Oh, you don't like and, seeing people get shit on? <laughs> Did you ever see two girls, one cop? Jesus. It's like she didn't grow up in the early 2000s. I I got I will forever be scarred by that bullshit, okay? I, Fuck I our got, generation. I got 1.5 seconds into it during that whole well, bad then and then I closed you. it I closed it and never tried no. good 
don't. It's like watching someone, you know, get beaten up. It's just, it's going to scar you. It's just shit you can't unsee, and it's not worth seeing. Agreed. Um, so, and then here's one more from uh, the critic Allie Gray, uh, who wrote, uh, who writes online for a UK out- outlet, gave it a three out of five. Um, and so it's considered a positive review. Uh, some may tire of Smith's template of toilet humor and tits, but to others, those very same qualities are a guarantee of entertainment. Love him or hate him, Kevin Smith isn't afraid to hit new lows to get new laughs. Hmm. I can see that. So I mentioned that I'd, I'd known Kevin Smith's work coming in. Um. But, uh, like, did you have you watched previous Kevin no, Smith movies? No. Okay. No, so, I had never even watched Clerks. It was never, it was never my kind of humor, and even honestly, even like Judd Apatow, for that matter. Like, honestly, I think Forgetting Sarah Marshall is one of the only movies of his that I actually like. I I don't know why I never got into that that line of humor, but. Whereas, yeah, this one I was surprised by. I think maybe that's why I never watched it because it was I knew it was kind of in that genre that that line of movies, you know. Gotcha. Uh, what was just your overall thoughts of the film? Um, I thought, yeah, I thought the humor was definitely, obviously, like, just you know fifth grade humor driven you know lots and of, and also yeah. some and the dialogue is a bit dated in that oh god yeah negative manner but you know yeah there's a lot of dated dialogue i mean that's i mean that's 2000 what was it 2008 yeah so you know i i get that um it's hard to believe that it's that we've kind of shifted away from that stuff as quickly as we have it's Time is crazy, man. Um, but uh, yeah, I, like those, I think those jokes could have been done a lot worse. And, you know, do we need, do we need all the tits and ass jokes? Probably not. Do we need the sight gag where we see shit on someone's face? I'm going to go ahead and say no, we don't. We absolutely don't no. need that. We could have, we literally could have cut it and just had the sight. If you w- still want a sight gag, just have the sight gag of him running out. He doesn't even have to have shit on his face. He could be wiping his face with a towel or something. And it's just implied what he's wiping off kind of thing. Like you could still have the same dialogue between him and who was it? Craig Robinson's character? Yeah. Yeah. Like, you, like come on. We don't, that sort of, that's where it's pushing it for me, where it's like, I get this is your shtick, but like, is it really a shtick you have to shtick by? Like, uh, do we really need this? Like, these, this shtick is as bad as my dad jokes. So that's, that's where I kind of like, it lost me and I didn't really like chuckle as much as I could have at a rom-com, but there were a lot of redeemable parts when it came to the actual romantic dynamic and that's i think where my most of my comments are going to come in 
Yeah. Um, and that's that's the thing about this film is the actual rom of this rom com. Like the comedy in and of itself had some funny parts. There are some funny dialogue things. Um, Definitely. Justin Long obviously improving this <laughs> por- like gay porn character. Oh my god. And, like, and and some of the foul things that he just came up with. Um like I could there's no way in hell that they had the movie titles. They just asked him to I'm sure Yeah, it was it, I'm sure that was like an improv total like uh oh, what was that movie called again? Shut your mouth before I fuck it. <laughs> like just <laughs> there's no way that that was a written line that they had come up with beforehand. All right. You can't not convince me. Maybe they like had a take, they laughed, they thought it was funny. They're like, okay, yeah, 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 yeah. We'll try that again. We'll try that again. But go with that line. But they came up with that on the fucking set while filming while rolling. Like that is there's no way. I you cannot convince me otherwise. No. Uh, and so there's a lot of a lot of comedy I enjoyed. A lot that doesn't Oh, there's a lot of redeemable. A lot of yeah. yeah. A lot doesn't necessarily age well. But the thing about this movie is that there is a a very vulnerable romance within this film. Yes. And it's a vulnerable romance between two people who literally have no one else in this world and create a family unit based off of their their filth and specifically Zach's filthy mind and how when he learns to open up his mind and share a, this bit of himself and open himself up a little bit, he creates this family unit instead of just being alone with Miri in a shit existence. He creates this new world for himself by sharing himself. Absolutely. Which is a which very is, interesting way of looking which, at it. Which goes far beyond the standard trope of having the main lead character do that with the girl, with the partner. Yes. Where, okay, I'm going to open up myself to her and realize that, oh, I'm not getting rejected. Oh, I'm not getting, I'm not pushing her away. I'm not absolutely repulsing her by opening up. He yeah. does that. He does that in this movie too, but... To be able to do that to a, a group of you know friends as well, like have that mm-hmm. in the same movie is that's that's comment worthy. That's definitely worth noting from a, a rom com. Yes, and uh, you know, on top of that, just the dynamic between uh, you know Mary and Zach, um, the fact that they have. And that they have this huge history between each other that you don't necessarily have to dive into because it could just be kind of told. They've known each other since the first grade. Okay. Right. Boom. There goes goes the need for a backstory. Like, okay, fill in the blanks in our minds. Exactly. We, we, like, you can insert your own childhood memories, you know, for that. Um, And instantly more relatable. Yes. Uh, And so, you know, in in the long along those lines just you know it, it it makes little things that little tricks land more that may not necessarily have been earned but they can they can take advantage of for instance something that you said that you thought 
she acts so well and you said it as it happened but when uh when they get done with the first day of shooting star whores before the <laughs> building gets um <laughs> broken down <laughs> but when he thanks her and he's like no no but seriously thank you for everything and oh that, when he says seriously thank you for everything and then the look that she gives and the you you know you're welcome sort of thing well, first off the look she gives and the you're welcome is just so well done and so felt two words i guess technically three and one is a yeah. conjunction but you know yeah. you get it. two words and a and a look it's literally two words spoken and it, it is so many complex levels of emotion not just complex mm-hmm. emotions but complex levels of emotion that she conveys just in her facial expression just by locking eyes with the person that's not even in the in the camera angle yeah it's completely off screen just zoomed in on her face so many emotions and i'm like fuck elizabeth banks is the shit mm-hmm. yeah i i agree and and then on top and then on top of that though you know the fact that he says no but seriously thank you that has more weight to it because they've known each other since first grade you know they mentioned that their families are dead so they right. basically are all that each other has and have you know basically have only each other to rely on so you can tell like this is him thanking her for never leaving his side sort of thing right. and it, you know it's just it's a trick that they can take advantage of just because they tell people at the very beginning and oh uh family's dead they've known each other since first grade but it works because you have actors like seth rogan and elizabeth banks portraying it right and so you can get away with those tricks and and so they they use their their tools to their advantage very well in this film well, yeah, Elizabeth Banks surely fucking does. I mean, I mean, yeah, Seth Rogen. I've never been a huge fan of Seth Rogen, although I can't really say that I've ever disliked him in any. I don't know. Knocked up, I wasn't a huge fan of overall, so I think I mm-hmm. kind of pinned that on him as an actor. But, okay. but realistically, like he wasn't bad in it. Um, but like, oh my god, the Neighbors movies. Have you ever seen those? <laughs> Of course. Oh my God, he is fucking hilarious in those. Yeah. Or uh, what was that? Um, what was the Last Day on Earth or whatever movie? Oh, uh, uh, I. Um, uh, this is the end. This is the end. Yeah, that was a terrible movie, but I liked him in it because he was just off the <laughs> side smoking his his bong the whole time. <laughs> yeah. Um. <laughs> like when it devolves is is pretty funny um yeah but the yeah like i elizabeth banks is fantastic in this film and just in general and also yeah. elizabeth banks was in the 40 year old virgin so yeah. and her actor her character actually ends up with seth rogan at the end of that film uh as well so there's obviously a, a shared she history does? between them. Uh, yeah. Although it's kind of done off screen. Um, 
because like when they show when um he like he uh when Steve Carell runs into Elizabeth, Elizabeth Banks in the bar and then goes home with her and then the guys go and grab like go over to her house and um like basically are like you do you don't want to do this you love you know the so and so I forget her name in the film and so then like Elizabeth Banks is in the tub masturbating with the shower head and oh like, yeah and so they all leave and they're like we should get out of here and everyone's like yeah we should get out and Seth Rogen's like yeah we should totally get out of here and then he takes his shirt off and he's like Cal and then he walks towards the bathtub and then at the wedding they're actually wedding dates uh so uh, as you can tell, I've seen the four-year-old version <laughs> many times. We will at one point watch that film for this podcast, but it, it could, it, we could keep it pushing it down the line. We could keep kicking that can down the road. <laughs> you know, we we like to space our raunchy comedies. All right, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> like, you gotta keep the magic are, alive somehow. But these are the comedies. I, I mean, the, this is my for better for worse my generation of comedy uh when it comes to film i dig um, it i dig it and i dig that i can actually like pin that to you now like as yeah. my friend i'm like i know what renee likes now and i like i know what like, kind of movie he gravitates towards the yeah renee probably totally saw this film probably <laughs> saw, you know the dirty mind soft heart you know it's just, i mean you have this on dvd man like come on i do yes exactly so uh you know this was yeah and so it's they speaking of speaking of which uh, yet uh, i feel like we have to note it again another movie that it was on netflix last week yes and now is no longer and basically had to be rented slash like you you did a free trial of showtime on amazon and i had to pull out the dvd how dare they inconvenience me having to click three more they buttons. They are listening to our podcast and they are fucking totally taking these movies off of streaming knowing that we're trying to watch them. These assholes. Well, we're going to test that theory with our next choice, which you guys will hear. Goddamn right we will. Um, but I was about to mention, I mean, they Kevin Smith, another thing Kevin Smith doesn't really do with these films, like he doesn't reinvent the wheel. He just puts himself within what works. Like when making a film, Kevin Smith isn't like, I'm not trying to create this brand new sci-fi epic work universe that no one has ever thought of to create this story. He's like, I'm going to go into this. I'm going to tell a story. I'm just going to tell it in my own voice. It's going to be a story that you're going to know all the beats to, but it's just going to be my voice and my sense of humor and you guys are going to dig it or not. And that's the thing here. He doesn't reinvent the wheel. We know exactly what beats are happening. This is a typical rom-com. It's just with Kevin Smith jokes and shit. God. And, shit, man. and hug it, chug it, football all <laughs> night. Yeah. I can't believe that's where you got this from. <laughs> One of my favorite jokes 
<laughs> in a film when the drunk guy from the Pittsburgh Steelers game walks in on their first scene that they're filming in the coffee shop. And then he's like, did you guys see, you see Roethlisberger? Roethlisberger? No, you didn't say it right. You got to say it right. You got to go. Did you see Roethlisberger? <laughs> like, yes, he can't say it right the first time because it's a long fucking name. He puts an <laughs> F, like V sound in there, and he chokes on it like vomit. Roethlisberger? Rob- <laughs> 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 the quarterback? He was all like, chug it, chug it, football, all night. Nah. And then you got to do the little laugh. Oh, man. That is one of the finest cinematic moments in the history of cinematic comedy. And there is your humor. And that's me. That, that, <laughs> that, is, my, that is my humor, guys. Um, as far as what happens after or after, I think they do a good job after the credits of showing you what happens after or after. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They create, well, I mean, uh, Craig Robinson's character. Craig Robinson's fantastic in the film. Um, but he creates his production company, which I will not say the name of. Um, (laughs) but it's hilarious. It's, it's a funny name. Yes. Um, and, uh, and then basically they create a production company about creating their own porno in order to, you know, get closer together and connect it. And the production (laughs) company is for couples who want to like, see what they're like fucking. Well, I mean, who basically want to make a film, but with better production value or, and also on top of that, it's almost a, a, a form of marriage, marriage, couples therapy, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And that's the thing. So, you know, um, what do you, uh, so what do you think is the kiss of the film? Oh, the kiss of the film is when they fucking start making out and the sex scene. Right. That's what I think too. I mean, you yeah. could say it's the, the kiss that they share at the end, but, oh, I think that's it true. Is, but I think it is when they start making out on the, like, yeah, I mean, and, they they make a joke out of it by, like, it intentionally changes the camera angle, the mood lighting comes on, like, it's all, it's very romantically set up, so. Yeah, I mean, well, it is romantically set up, but what I, what's so interesting about that whole dynamic to me is that everything is so artificial leading up to it. And yet yes. it still comes off so organic at the end. Cause like they're, they're, they're trying to like showcase how true of a connection Zach and Mary have as a couple, as human beings. And they're doing it while he's directing a scene in a porno that he doesn't know how to make. And they're totally improving the dialogue and what exactly is happening and they're talking it and they're basically consenting to things as they're doing them and then he has to count down to when they start kissing and then the but then they actually kiss and when the kiss happens it everything falls into place as if like none of the none of the things none of the obstacles they just ran a fucking steeplechase and somehow ran through the finish line as if nothing happened <laughs> 
it's just it's incredible how it just like they throw like that's it's the the subtle things that kevin smith can do with his writing like those little things there that that can land when you really look at it yeah and he take and the thing is he takes that kind of care in his detail which is also why you know nerds love him because nerds are like oh my god i caught that and like yeah you know and that's that's just who kevin smith is as a as a filmmaker and and it and that shows in the kiss and in the love scene because then afterward what could be considered corny what could be considered cliche what could be considered you know everything in between as far as them them banging and, and making out actually feels heartfelt and as an audience member you're pumped for them you know afterward you're just like yeah yeah good, good for them well because the whole yeah the whole lead up to it is so fucking awkward and then you finally get to the moment and for him to like simultaneously make a you know kind of a tongue-in-cheek joke about out of it by instantly the moment they kiss instantly cueing the music and everything it's just like you know a, a, all of a sudden it's magically a rom-com moment for me i was like oh, that's you know that's ironic but then like you're saying it's also kind of encapsulating what's happening to both of them in that moment where suddenly it's not awkward anymore. This is the moment when everything else falls away. There is no camera crew. There's no one else in the place. They're not shooting a porno. It's the two of them in this moment. And that's why the music changed. It's, it's comedic in its own right, but it's also actually cueing us into what's happening. And it's and, also, uh, sorry to interrupt, but it's also a microcosm of their relationship. It's yeah. just, it's them in the world. So it's only them. They can only rely on each other in yep. that scene. Yep. They're Absolutely. they're the only one and they can only trust each other. Like he's about to be inside of her in front of people. And they are about to be as vulnerable and as naked as they've ever been. And all they have to trust on is trust and all they have to rely on is each other in that moment. Yeah. And that's where the kiss and like, and so they immediately, but they, they trust each other because they've done so throughout their entire existence as a friendship. And now. Yeah. And for me, this is where it goes back to the acting too, because in this scene, especially it's clear just how fucking good they are at conveying emotion and conveying, conveying actual real human interaction without dialogue. Yeah. without actual like without telling us going back to your whole like the the trifecta of uh, showing, showing telling and implying yeah it's like all we have to do is see their expressions the way they're reacting towards each other the way they're interacting and it's yeah. i was i actually was i was surprised at how sucked into that kiss i got because when it like all of the awkwardness leading up to that scene all your guards are up as an audience member at least for me like i'm not like I, nobody's in the mood for anything like this at that point yeah and it, it just and and they felt awkward going in and like, yeah and, you know and it is still watching seth rogan the human embodiment of shrek having yeah, sex. yeah yeah so you know it's just 
<laughs> so then like to have to have you know the music cue up and everything and then all of a sudden like I, you know i'm thinking okay this is kind of comedic because like nobody's yeah. in the mood for this it's not a romantic scene that's just yeah. funny within five <laughs> seconds you're like oh oh damn <laughs> and i mean and then and then they do the the you know the clever comedy bit where they talk about lost like wow (laughs) oh yeah and that even further is like them they are not part of that like realm of reality right now they are in their own moment because we we pan away from that and it's them joking about shit we go back into zach and miri's moment and it's cue the music again no one else exists different lighting all that stuff because they are separate yeah exactly and yeah, they're so intertwined and everything else that she, you know, asks him to finish inside of her to stay connected, sort of thing, mm-hmm. which he obliges to, you know. And you know, I, I, I couldn't imagine, you know, getting her pregnant. What, what is it going to do with this football scholarship? Um, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, so I give the the kiss an A minus myself. Well, I think that's a very fair grade. I think it's a very fair grade. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot to it that's like, you know. It is still a little awkward because it's, it's still a little awkward. It's still a little it's still awkward. Little and it's still like, you know, and also there is a, there is a thing with like intimate scenes, kind of like with something new when we watched something new, where it's so intimate that it's just like, you're doing this a little too well to where I feel yeah. like I'm imposing. I'm imposing on yeah, you. Yeah, like, like, let, like me, let, me should, let me leave. Let me leave. Let, let me, leave. me give you guys some space here and so you finish <laughs> up. All right? Because I feel like I'm imposing. Um, so, this is where you just start like silently tiptoeing backwards out yeah, of the room. Just, like, just, okay, uh, no, don't, no, don't uh, want to disturb uh, them. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but, uh, Overall, uh, since this is your first time watching the film, how about uh, I'll I'll cede the floor to you. What is your overall verdict for the film? Well, I didn't technically give my rating for the kiss, but I mean, you said it was a fair grade, so I figured you agreed with the A minus. I was actually using that as a as a lead in to uh, saying that I, if it wasn't for the awkwardness. Because we have been grading kisses based on like the context of the scene as well. Yeah. If it for me, honestly, like if if it wasn't for the context, it wouldn't bring it down. So I got to give it an A. Hmm. Because without the context, the actual kiss itself, A plus. Like that, the way. I mean, I wasn't paying too much attention. All, all my cards on the table to Seth Rogen. Yeah. Um, I yeah. mostly just paid attention to Elizabeth Banks and the way she kissed in that scene to convey like all of the fucking passion that went into that kiss. Yeah. To me, was like that was the actual. Like that's, that's the fucking kiss that I love to get. Like that to me is when I get that kiss, that is a true conveyance of love. Like that's a, that's a love kiss. Mm. I got so fucking wrapped up in that kiss. I'm like, 
shit, this is good stuff. All right. She is so <laughs> fucking solid in that scene. She's solid throughout the movie. I can't stop but praising yes. her. She's, she's yeah. fantastic. I've loved her in, in pretty much every fucking movie I've seen her in. And, for, and all the different characters she's played somehow makes me fucking definitely maybe. How easy was yeah. it? How would it have been yeah. to fucking hate her? I know. Yeah. And I mean, but at the same time, you had to like, she had to be likable enough to be okay with her. Exactly. As the mother. You know, uh, you know, because she is still the mother of the daughter. That's a big part of the movie. She and she nails it. She absolutely nails it. It's it's, it's yeah. exact exact role we need. Yeah. It's, so anyway, yeah. I think I think that leads into uh, pretty much anything I could possibly say in terms of the verdict as well. Where it's just the comedy itself. I could take it or leave it. There's a lot of funny lines, couple okay gags, a lot of shit I could definitely do without, but that's just me being, you know, cynical in my fuck mid thirties now, I guess, huh? 34? <laughs> yeah. We're we're approaching mid thirties. <laughs> and by approaching, I mean we're pretty much there. Oh my god. Um I'm going to say early 30s still. Mid 30s is 35, <laughs> and that's it. No, mid 30s is 35 through 36, seven, seven, seven. Nah, man, I earned the I earned this bitch. Like I I made it to 30 to 34. I'm going to call mid 30s. Fuck it. That's I earned it. You haven't you haven't made it yet. You're coming up on it. True, true. I still got a I still got a month and. A month and a couple weeks. Fuck. Yeah. Enjoy it while it lasts. I know. <laughs> um, so with that said, the the romantic dynamic is fantastic. I think if if nothing else, this is easily worth the watch for that. Um, that there is some real relatable chemistry between them. They are real relatable. Well they're not real relatable characters overall because there's a lot of, you know, like not everyone shoots a fucking porno, let's face it. But <laughs> um, there, yeah, there definitely is. Um, I, I feel like Mary is a unique female character, especially. Yes. Yes. Yeah. But in terms of the, again, in terms of their dynamic alone, uh, just from the the relationship aspect of the rom com, for for review's sake, I'd say it's worth a watch for that. And their acting is top notch in it for that reason. So it's definitely it's a fuck. Well, I I thought you would go that route. Um, personally, for me, I own it on DVD. I uh, I thought to myself coming in, I was like, I'm not sure. I wasn't sure how I was gonna age i thought that there was going to be some clunky parts and there were um sure i mean and, that, you can say that about so many of the movies we yeah and so i was like uh well let's see how i feel about this you know i i didn't think i was going to kill it but i was like i wasn't sure right how i was going to feel and i realized now you know I owed it on dvd for a reason and i like this film for a reason and i married the film it is there you go yeah it's uh 
Look who's look who's getting look who's getting wise with his age and committing, putting a ring on it. So, yeah. Um, So you can find our socials uh, on uh, Instagram. Our social is at Bromancing the Stone Podcast, all one word together. Bromancing the Stone Podcast, Uh, and you can find our Twitter at Bro the Stone Pod, and then. On Twitter, you can find me at Supermarket Sweep without the E in Super. So that's S U P R Market Sweep. Uh, and then you can find me on Instagram at Relusa88, and that's R E L U S A 88. And also, I have another podcast with my sister Rebecca uh, called We Watched Our MTV. It's a Spotify exclusive where we uh, go through a month and a year from what we call the MTV generation, which is like the 80s, the 90s, early 2000s. And we pick three songs each from that month and date or month and year and talk about how great the music was at that time. Uh, and then Max. <laughs> On Instagram, you can find me at the Lionhearted, which is T-H-E period L-Y-O-N-H-E-A-R-T-E-D. Yes, sir. And next week you get to choose the movie. Uh, you know, we're in a quote unquote holiday season, although this one wasn't necessarily no, that was a great holiday heavy, but it was it, it worked out. It, it got us in the mood. It was, for it was set during winter, and all I needed to do was see the fucking frostbitten windows on the car, and that just ugh. It made that, me sad. <laughs> it made me thankful for the fucking fifty degree weather we had today. Yes, absolutely. Oh my god, because who knows how long we got left of that? Um, yeah, exactly. All right, well, I'm going to choose one that's going to launch us into full holiday swing mode because it's December now. I can safely do it. It's after Thanksgiving. Um, And this one, if Netflix doesn't fucking have it, then they got some explaining to do because this one (laughs) is a Netflix original. (laughs) So this one is called Love Hard. Yeah. Which just, I mean, it honestly, the title just sounds a little scary. <laughs> it, it, it reminds me of Walk Hard, the Dewey Cox story. <laughs> oh my God, I forgot about that. Um, yeah, I love Hard. It's just, it's an interesting title, that's for sure. So I'm, in, yeah. I'm intrigued to see what this is about. Like the fact that it's the holiday rom-com that they came out with this year, that it's called this real real interesting so because what was the what was the one that they came out with last year that we reviewed the holiday date yeah that was such a yeah you knew exactly what that was yeah totally totally so and that one was solid so Uh, i mean we we both you know fucked it and yeah for good reason it was it was fun i enjoyed it so let's keep it rolling let's see what netflix has got this time yeah so next week love hard uh, but until then, for the tens and tens of listeners, we love y'all. We thank you for listening, and we'll catch you next week. Have a good week, y'all. Love you guys. Bye.